We hope you are enjoying our expanded podcast schedule. For the month of July, we have something new for our members. Each month, members who successfully answer our bonus content quiz will be entered for a chance to win a pair of AirPods Pro. To participate, you must have access to the bonus sections of the podcasts. Members also receive an ad-free listening experience, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of July, you'll receive 50% off the normal membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code fireworks at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code fireworks. Thank you for your support. Nine. Twelve. Ten. Twenty-eight. Two. Twenty-three. This is Deep State Radio, coming to you direct from our super-secret studio in the third sub-basement of the Ministry of SNARK in Washington, D.C., and from other undisclosed locations across America and around the world. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Spy Show. I'm David Rothkopf, your host, coming to you rather surprisedly from Sicily. I was supposed to be home by now, but there was an airport fire. I couldn't get out. They're changing airport. It's chaos. It's also global warming uh, times a thousand here. Uh, uh, it's about a hundred plus everywhere you go. Um, but I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I am complaining, but I'm not going to complain any longer. Uh, I am joined here as every week on the Spy Show um, by Mark Polymeropoulos, former uh, CIA operative in many fascinating places, uh, special expertise uh, in the Middle East. And we're going to talk about the Middle East today uh, with a really good friend of ours, Alon Pincus, who is a former high-level Israeli diplomat, advisor to um, foreign ministers and prime ministers, uh, a columnist for Haaretz, um, and a guy who is um, always very smart and incisive, but as far as I know, in my uh, years of knowing him, has not yet lost his sense of humor. Um, are, you, are you still clinging to it, Alon? Well, you know, I, I've, I've put everything on hold until they fire Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone. But yeah, thank you for all the compliments. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, I don't want to get into the Yankees and the Red oh, Sox yeah. with the two of you because Mark is a deranged Red Sox fan, um, which is to say any, oh, Reds, any Red Sox fan is a deranged Red Sox fan. Um, and uh, um, uh, But the Yankees are, are just terrible. They're just terrible. Anyway, um, let's, let's move past that. We uh, obviously got you on here because we want to talk about Israel. Uh, and uh, our timing here is, of course, impeccable um, because uh, we're in the midst of yet another uh, kind of perfect storm of kerfuffles and worse uh, with U.S.-Israel relations. Um, the president of Israel is in Washington, addressed the Congress today uh, or yesterday, and depending on when you're hearing this. Um, uh, and the 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 
the president of the United States prior to the actually actually David just ended twenty twenty minutes ago, um, and uh, as we as we're recording this, um, but the context for the visit is that the prime minister has not gotten to have his visit, um, uh, and this is and we'll talk about this in a moment. Something that Alan has recently written about is kind of. I don't know. It's kind of the bar mitzvah for Israeli prime ministers as they get to go into Washington and meet the president of the United States. And Netanyahu hasn't been asked to do so because, um, uh, you know, he seems to be posing a uh, threat to Israeli um, democracy. Uh, And you get a sense of how bad the relationship is that when Netanyahu and Biden spoke this week, Netanyahu said it was a great call, and I've been invited to come to Washington. And Biden said something quite less than that, uh, and was a little more vague about Netanyahu meeting with him. Uh, and then, um, in in what I found as a kind of a strange diplomatic move, the president of the United States invited my buddy Tom Friedman in, and uh, to the White House, a Times columnist, and said, "Look." I just want to be. I want to send this message through you because it isn't getting out there clearly through Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. Uh, we really care about democracy here, and uh, we are going to be super uncomfortable if they go through with the things they say they're going to go through with. Um, and so, you know, this moment is 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 fraught. What is your perspective on this breakdown of communications, Alon, um, or rather the inclination of the Israeli prime minister to lie publicly, even though he knows the White House is going to call him on it. Well, you know, okay, so let's let's start with the very ending of uh, your introduction, David. Um, he's not lying. It's, this is his default MO. This is what he does. Um, he rarely flirts with the truth, and he just thinks he can always get away with it. Um, in fact, the Israeli media was all over him because they what they did was they juxtaposed the White House readouts uh, um, after his phone call with Biden, and right next to it a White House readout um, to uh, a White House readout of of his phone call with the Italian Prime Minister Ms. Georgia Maloney in which the words invitation and visit both appeared, which they, uh, uh, two words that have not appeared in the Netanyahu thing. And that, that I think, represented more than anything, David, um, the, uh, uh, the credibility deficit that he has in, in Washington. But tragically, surprisingly, um, 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 you know, inconceivably, I don't know, choose the term he doesn't seem to care about. Now, let me say one more thing before you know, we... we uh, proceed with this. This this entire, t- you know, Washington has become uh, something of a Disney world for Israeli uh, prime ministers and, and politicians. You know, Israeli incoming uh, prime ministers treat their first trip to Washington as sort of a coronation. Um, even if they're not new prime ministers, as Mr. Netanyahu is, uh, but just newly uh, inaugurated. And, and in that respect, um, you can frame the last 48 hours, David, in, 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 with this headline. Uh, the visit that wasn't Netanyahu, the visit, the visit that is 
Herzog and The Visit That Really Matters, Tom Friedman. Um, and, and what you, uh, 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 what you really see in this framing, I'm not trying to be clever, but I'm trying to uh, give you a, a, what I think is a true reflection of, of what's going on. What you see is that Biden wants the message to come across clearly, lucidly, and unequivocally. He did not trust that Netanyahu will deliver the message. And he apparently was uh, suspect that, uh, or suspicious that, that, that Mr. Herzog will not uh, deliver the message uh, uh, verbatim to Mr. Netanyahu, not just to the public. Therefore, or uh, consequently, he invited Mr. Uh, Tom Friedman, your friend, uh, mutual acquaintance of mine too. And Friedman's column, to be honest, David, is, and I usually don't, uh, don't use or hate that word, is unprecedented. Uh, uh, what, what Biden is saying or, or is being paraphrased as saying, and it's not a direct interview, but he's basically quoted and paraphrased. Uh, this is unprecedented, at least for the last 40 or 50 years, in terms of what Biden, and this is my, I promise, guys, this is my last uh, line here, my last sentence here. What Biden sees as a, an Israeli uh, deliberate, intentional retreat from democracy. And for Biden, for Biden, I'm sorry for the dog barking. For Biden, um, you know, this is a big deal because this is a guy who in 2019 said that he's running because there's a battle or a war for the soul of the nation. He sees the same thing in Israel. He never reprimanded Erdogan in Turkey or Orban in Hungary or Bolsonaro in Brazil uh, for backsliding uh, democracies and an assault on the judiciary. He, cares, but he didn't care uh, profoundly uh, um, or emotionally or sentimentally enough as he cares about Israel. Therefore, the, uh, the things he said in the last six months, and particularly and especially what he is uh, quoted as saying to Tom Friedman. Um, it's, it's certainly a strange turn of events. Uh, Mark, you've had a lot of experience in this relationship. Uh, have you ever seen anything like it? And what's your question for a long? Sure. Well, David, first of all, it, it's good to have you back. You know, I was I was uh, running solo for two episodes. I was having some I was having some abandonment issues, I must say. Um, but uh, but uh, thank you again, uh, Mark. I, well, I'll tell you what. I'll make it up for you when I finally get back to America. We can do a, an episode from the Vienna Inn, and and we can. There we really, go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, go 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 ahead. That is the spy capital in each state, of course. No, so so uh, Alan, it's 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 fantastic to have you on. I mean, there, there's so many things. Uh, looking back on my career in 26 years, where I worked mostly in, in the Middle East, um, uh, served in the Middle East, and spent uh, certainly some time working with the Israeli security establishment. I mean, I I think back over the years, and and when I say it was, there was a sense of normalcy, even when you know. Uh, then Mossad director Mir Dagan came to Washington one time and, and, you know, we had worked on a joint operation. Obviously, I can't say what it was, but, you know, I remember going to meet him and just shaking his hand. The, the extent of the, the security ties between the U.S. And, and Israel is such that you develop personal relationships, in my case, right. with with Mossad officers that, you know, for for not one, two, three years. I'm talking for decades. And that's really important. And so I think that when Thomas Friedman, you know, with his article last week and then, of course, uh, again this morning, um, I think that was kind of a, 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 a you know, a 
not a rallying cry, but but really a wake up call. You know, are we at a crisis point in the relationship? And then, of course, the question I have for you is, do you think this will ever affect what is actually the foundational, not the diplomatic relationship, but the security relationship, um, which for really for decades uh, uh, has has served both countries very well? But I think that's one of the key questions we should explore today is, yes, there's a diplomatic kerfluffle. There's no doubt. But but on that, you know, that that bilateral intelligence relationship just under the surface, which is foundational, do we see that as a risk? And if so, then then we're talking something that's pretty serious. You know, let's start with uh, uh, with the easy answer, Mark. Um, you know, the uh, um, whatever differences and and disparity of interests that Biden sees is not with Israel; it's with Mr. Netanyahu. Okay, and it is with Mr. Netanyahu on an individual basis because of that credibility deficit that he so uh, that he worked so hard to earn throughout the years in D.C. But also the, uh, uh, the the excuse my the expression the the lunatic messianic right wing coalition that he formed. So in that respect, supposedly the easy answer mark is once Netanyahu is removed from the equation politically, of course, um, then relations can go back to you hogging Mayor Dagan. Rest in peace. I I, I knew him very well. We were sort of friendly. Uh, okay, so I know exactly the type of things you're talking about. But the harder question is, is as follows. I'm sorry, the harder answer, the more, more elaborate and complicated um, answer is as follows. The height of Israeli-American, uh, um, um, you know, unique relationship, special relationship, uh, uh, strategic assets, alliance, what have you, um, has, has structural problems with it because of circumstances. Uh, the Soviet Union does not exist. Uh, uh, the U.S. is energy uh, um, independent or reached energy independence. Hypothetically, it's not uh, 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 materializing it because of uh, the price of oil, etc., etc. U.S. involvement in the Arab world has been diminished because, you know, you're done hemorrhaging uh, um, and, and, and uh, um, being, you know, uh, uh, and failing in, in military escapades, whether it's in Iraq or Afghanistan. And you can see that. You can connect the dots. And the last, going back to the Obama administration, Egypt, Syria, Libya, uh, uh, Yemen are, are a focal points of attention that in the 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe into the 90s, you'd get involved in, in ways that Obama and then even Trump and certainly Biden or did not get involved in. Um, and on top of all this, this disillusionment with the Middle East, uh, uh, the, the absence of a Soviet Union and the free, free flow of oil not being threatened as it was before, the U.S. is folk refocusing its and um, reprioritizing into uh, uh, the China challenge, you know, on this, on this spectrum of China being a competitor, a rival, a, 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 an enemy or what have you. And in between, you have a Russian invasion of, of, of Ukraine that not only um, uh, drains the entire energy of the Biden administration, but also provides them with uh, a major success, what you see with NATO. So why am I giving you all this macro 40,000 feet? Uh, you'll get to 40,000 feet soon, David, uh, hopefully. from uh, <laughs> But... but 
Why am, why am I giving why am I giving you this uh, uh, this this uh, broad background? Because this uh, sort of deprives or negates or diminishes uh, the centrality of Israel in the American Israeli relationship. What Israel should have done, um, if it were up to me, is is recognize uh, America's uh, uh, changing priorities and shifting interests. Also recognize an issue that I did not elaborate on, and that is that the, the U.S. is going or undergoing uh, the, uh, uh, political changes within American society, the Democratic uh, coalition, electoral coalition, how it is structured, and and what is their what are their views on Israel? By the way, you see that in a in a very recent study that uh, Shibli Tilhami from the University of Maryland did with the Brookings. I'm sure you both are smiling, so you probably seen this. He was my graduate advisor at Cornell, amazingly well, enough. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and instead, Israel and the Saudis, by the way, and the Saudis has this fear of abandonment uh, that, you know, U.S. come, don't go, please stay with us, blah, 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 and all that. And and, and these are structural cracks that, that Mr. Netanyahu's demeanor and the composition of his government are exacerbating rather than alleviating. Uh, so, so okay, so I go back to my initial, my easy way out answer, Mark. If, if you remove Netanyahu from the political equation tomorrow, yes, Mossad, CIA, uh, IDF, U.S. military, defense ministry, Pentagon, uh, um, relations will go back or at least will be... Uh, uh, um, Unfrozen or dethought, but but uh, we have to be very worried that these structural changes do not take a life of their own. Um, look, it's not going to be evident in the first uh, uh, you know in, in the first stage. Uh, you're not going to see a reassessment 1975 style, uh, where the immediate consequence consequence was when the Ford Kissinger administration. Um, froze the uh, then the F-15 uh, sale to Israel deal. I don't think you're going to see this, but but if Mr. Netanyahu proceeds with the trajectory he's set course on, uh, meaning he's going to keep on legislating with this anti-democratic assault on on, on, on institutions, uh, despite what the president said in his own voice or via Thomas Friedman, I, I could see I could see. Uh, um, even even security cooperation being uh, damaged. No, not yet. You know, let's not go into the uh, slogan and uh, you know and, uh, and, and grandstanding of uh, cut military aid and, and and attach all kind of stipulations to military aid when it, when American weapons are used and so on. We're not there yet, but I can see. And you know, you guys, you've been in government, both of you. You know how it works. If, if five Israeli generals or five Israeli uh, uh, defense contractors or five Israeli scientists are uh, supposed to come to a, a, um, a, a U.S. Pentagon agency or, or any kind for consultations and uh, let's say on, on August 15th, and then they tell them, well, Jimmy can't attend, so let's move it to November. Supposedly, it's nothing big, right? But it's a big deal because the cumulative effect of this um, is a big deal, and and this this by the way, this is just the security uh, dimension, Mark, because that's what you asked about specifically. There's also the diplomatic thing. I could see this administration refraining from casting a veto 
at the UN Security because Malaysia or Venezuela, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, proposed or submitted an anti-Israeli or a condemnation of Israel resolution. Well, let me let me let me pick up on what you were talking about. I know that there have been moments when you've been out um, observing or otherwise among the crowd of quarter of a million people in Tel Aviv, you know, for these past, what, 30 weeks or whatever it has been. Um, uh, those have continued uh, uh, this week. Uh, demonstrations in protesting Netanyahu's uh, plan to uh, change the way the judiciary works and, and cut away in yet another way of Israeli democracy. Um, but, you know, in the middle of your question was, if he goes ahead with this, is he going to go ahead with it? Well, okay, I'm sorry to quote Yogi Berra and upset Mark, but, you know, it's it's the... Uh, <laughs> when you get to a fork in the road, take it. Okay, and this is this is Netanyahu, essentially. He's, he's at a fork. A, a Biden basically said to him, do not proceed with this. Biden kind of, you know... Uh, um, um, watered it down and said, well, you know, without broad consent, meaning you can go on, I'm not meddling in your internal politics and legislation or your sovereignty, but do this with uh, consent, which Netanyahu does not have, as as you correctly described, David, in, in the demonstration. By the way, the number of Israelis, the, the cumulative number of Israelis who participated in demonstrations is the equivalent of 24 million Americans. The average weekly demonstration, which I, I participated in most and spoke in several, um, um, is the equivalent of three to four million, depending on the week, three to four million Americans congregating in D.C. or New York or Chicago or Los Angeles, name the city or North Carolina. For that. Uh, 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 three to four million people. That's huge. Imagine every week. Three to four million Americans congregate in one place and protest the government, injustice, uh, women's rights, abortion rights, or what have you. Um, now, Netanyahu, back to your question, to be to be uh, uh, specific. Netanyahu, you know, how a bill becomes a law, Israel, 101, Israel, uh, uh, the Israeli version. A law needs to pass three readings in Parliament, in the Knesset. The current law that's on the table, which is called the unreasonableness or the reasonableness, meaning that the Supreme Court has a judicial review power to strike down a, an executive decision on, on the basis of it's unreasonable. Okay, It is reasonable that, that Mark be the, the uh, director of the CIA. It is not reasonable that Mark be the uh, uh, CEO of Amtrak. Why? Because he's got no uh, um, transportation experience, doesn't understand trains, never rode Amtrak. So if I appeal the decision, they're going to say it's not reasonable that Mark be. This is just a, a, a silly example. It passed the first reading. Um, it's scheduled, in, in, in fact, it has to pass the second or third reading or not by next week because the Knesset is going into a summer recess. So here, here's the fork, the Yogi Berra fork. If Netanyahu passes this, it would be defiant, inconsiderate, 
and, and against the better judgment and recommendation of President Biden. What will the price be? I don't know. He may say it's a watered down version. It's not really the law that I intended. I made amendments to it. And in fact, all the other laws I'm postponing. Because this is Netanyahu we're talking about, David, no one is going to take him seriously. On the flip side, he may heed uh, uh, Biden's advice, uh, um, um, you know, uh, uh, the one that he volunteered himself or the one that was volunteered via Tom Friedman and say, okay, I'm freezing this for reconsideration and gaining or trying to gain broad perspective, broad, I'm sorry, broad uh, consent. Uh, until the uh, until September October when the uh, when the Knesset reconvened, if that happens, everyone's going to say, "Well, you know, he's he's uh, he, he bent backwards to appease and placate uh, 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 Biden." In which event, he may uh, lose his coalition. So he's trying to do both. That's the for the third time. I'm sorry to quote. That's the fork the yogi. The great philosopher Yogi uh, uh, was talking about that Netanyahu is trying uh, to take. I don't think he's going to succeed because the protest movement—he he misjudged and miscalculated the protest movement. It's almost a Putin-like miscalculation what he's done with the protest. He completely underestimated the uh, uh, the stamina, the durability, the uh, uh, the energies that what he has done unleashed in Israel. And it's coming back to uh, haunt him, not to say bite him in the behind. Um, I, I'd like to turn to you, Mark, for the question, but this is the point in the show where we say to folks who are listening to us in the general public, we really love it when you listen. But um, to listen to the rest of the podcast, you've got to be a member. Uh, you go to the DSRnetwork.com, you click on membership, and uh, that way for just $5 a month, you get to listen to about 33% more um, uh, of each podcast. And it's a lot of great bonus content. I know that we're going to talk about uh, some really uh, sensitive and interesting areas in just one moment. Uh, and our members are going to get to hear it. So you should become a member. Uh, this is a great time to do it. So for those of you in the general public, go do that now, and then you can listen to the rest. Um, uh, but for those of you who are members, stand by, and we'll pick up this conversation in one moment. 